Knock, knock. Daddy's home. <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to... Can you believe it? Another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode... Oh, Jesus, I don't even know what the hell it is. It's been so long. Okay, I see. It's episode 144, and tonight, guess what day it is? I'll give you a hint. That's right, we're coming up on a Friday the 13th, which means it's time for the next installment of the Friday the 13th Spectacular! And this time we're taking a look at the next film in the series, Jason X. And boy, was I disappointed that it was not pornographic. But that's not the point right now, so let's take a listen to a promo for another show and then get our groove on. Yeah! Can you tell I'm excited? Hee <laughs> hee! Hi, this is Toppy Smelly. I do a podcast that comes out about once a week. It's called The Smellcast. And I like to think of it as a sort of a personal journal podcast that, uh, well, collides with fantasy. The hell does that mean? Uh, uh, well, uh, that's sassy. Uh, he's sort of And a, a sentient computer uh, laptop, actually. <laughs> Hello, um, dear. What's going on? Oh, this is my great aunt, uh, Tappy Danielle. <laughs> Rather recently, I was trapped in a mirror dimension for over 12 years. Uh, yeah, pretty much. My name's Walter Snicker Snicker. I have amnesia and I don't really know who I am. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, my name's Billy. I'm Walt's nephew. Uh, I like to dress in girls' clothes, and when I do, I call myself Dolores. Um, hello. Uh, my name's Dallas Cody. I'm a very handsome young man, and I live next door to Toppy. I may or may not be a serial okay. killer. All right, excellent. Uh, there you have it, folks. It's the Smellcast. Yeah, you can find it on iTunes, or you can go straight over to thesmellcast.com. <laughs> We'd love to see you there. All righty, then. The Smellcast. <laughs> it don't stink all that much. Oh, my children, my beautiful, beautiful, really weird, kind of deformed, but beautiful to me anyway, children. How the motherfucker are you? It has been so long since I've done an actual show. And for those of you who are new, and for those of you who've been wondering what the fuck happened, I'll tell you, uh, there's been some health problems with me. I've been having migraine headaches. And uh, just a lot of stuff going on at home. Our, my f- dear friend and... Thank you, Smoochie. Smoochie's growling in the background. Oh, boy. There's that, too. Uh, good friend and listener of the show, Nick Toro passed away. Uh, some of you might remember a few years ago, our, uh, Brad... Smoochie! Please hold. Okay, I'm back. Listen, the queen needs attention. Not me. My my queen, my queen, Miss Moochie, Boom Boom, LaRue, McGillicuddy. I don't know, her name keeps getting longer and longer. So I'm going to make this as quick as possible so we can get to the fun stuff. First of all, Nixon had died. Covered that. Second of all, our friend John, who was murdered two years ago, the people that killed him, were their trial was happening. And they were convicted. I mean, 
So, great. Sentencing still to happen, but still, very stressful time. Then, Bradford's been looking for an apartment to move out, which has been an excru- excruciating process for everybody. And he was on hold with a condo board waiting for approval for over a month. But he finally got cleared on Monday, so he has a place to live. Which means for the next few weeks, things are going to be absolutely bonkers. But that's not the point right now. God, it's been a long time since I said that. But anyway, through all of this, I have had these horrible migraine headaches, but now they've stopped and now we're here. Whew. Also, good thing that happened in the interim, I want to say a huge thank you to Gregory Burkhart for the fantastic article he wrote for Bloomhouse.com. You know, that movie company that produces all the new horror movies that are coming out, or at least they picked them up. Whatever, not the point right now. But he included Scream Queens on the list of the top 10 horror podcasts that you should be listening to right now. And if you hear me saying that, then you are listening to this right now. So we're all good. But hey, check uh, check out that article. Do a search on that. On uh, 10 horror podcasts you should be listening to right now on Bloomhouse.com. And find out some other great shows to listen to. Because also congratulations to my sister show. Hey sister, the hysteria continues. Congratulations to the boys over there. Now, I realize I'm talking faster than usual. That is the... Yeah, that would be why. Did you get that? Hold on, please. Really, normally she's lovely. Just not when I'm not constantly paying attention to her. So this is going to be fun. So, uh, hey, if you're in the New York area this weekend, the weekend of uh, Thursday the 12th, which is probably over by now, through Sunday the 15th, it is the New York City Horror Film Festival. So if you go over to nychorrorfest.com, it's a time scare. There's movies all day long, and you can get to see some great new movies and also get to meet... Sean S. Cunningham, director of the original Friday the 13th, and everybody's favorite horrific mustache, Tom Atkins. And hey, you can get to meet them, and uh, there's no pesky autograph fees because they are receiving Lifetime Achievement Awards. Smoochie, please. Okay, let me just talk about some movies that I saw recently in the theaters that if they're still there, you should go, or if you didn't, if they're not, then don't because they're not there and it will be silly. Okay, first of all, The Green Inferno, Eli Roth's Green Inferno. I actually thought the title referred to my toilet bowl after Bradford eats those Halloween Whoppers from Burger King. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but no, it was a cannibal movie. You know this by now. I actually liked it. A lot of people didn't like it. Yeah, Eli Roth's comedy kind of kills it a bit, but it was everything I wanted it to be. And except his girlfriend that I now see he's putting into everything. She's the new Sherry Moon zombie. She was in that Earthquake movie that he did. And a lot of that cast wound up in Green Inferno. That's fine. I don't mind that. And now I'm watching this other thing on Netflix. I wind up turning it off because Betty. Hi, Betty as in Betty and Durwood, she recommended it to me on the Facebook, which means she's not up against the firing squad. But she... It's weird. She's in that too. But it's weird. I couldn't watch it because it's a movie. It's a Spanish movie shot in Spain. But they act like it's America. And there's random dubbing throughout, and it's very distracting because 
you know, it's clearly not America. It does not look anything like anywhere in America. And all the cops are like, yes, I hear there's an altercation over on Maple Street, hitting that really hard to show that we're in America. And then you find out, like, there's, there's two characters, you know, that have a baby, and the baby is a completely different race. Then the parents, like, no, 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 that does not, unless maybe that's the, you know, I don't know, big surprise later on, but I was just like, no, 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 Eli Roth's girlfriend, no, 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 unless you have some majorly recessive genes, not like a, a blend of races, no, like an entirely different side of the earth, like different hemisphere type of thing. Anyway, okay, but we're not talking about The Stranger, we're talking about The Green Inferno. I liked it. It's probably out of the theaters right now, but when it comes out on video, I say check it out because, hey, you'll see all the stuff that got cut out, and there's also half a penis in it. No, like, the penis isn't severed. Well, not yet, but, you know, it's, it's like, it, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, the shot is just a half. Never mind. Never mind. It's a ginger penis. Yes, I'll have the ginger penis latte, please. What? I don't know what that meant. Anyway, Crimson Peak. This is still in the theaters. Go, 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 go. This movie is gorgeous. It's not a horror movie. But then again, Guillermo del Toro really doesn't do straight-up horror movies. Not all the time. This is a really classic gothic mystery romance. A gothic in the literary term, which means the, the definition of which is uh, an innocent girl in a dark house that's really spooky, that has a horrible secret. That's exactly what you get. And as the girl keeps saying, she's an author and she's written a story, and she keeps saying, no, 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 the ghosts, yes, they're a ghost, but it's not a horror novel. The ghosts are just metaphorical, and that's exactly what this movie is. Plus, it's got Jim Beaver in it. I love Jim Beaver. And that cat is going to drive me bananas. But you know what? I'm here with you right now, and this is just a peek into my world. Yeah, Crimson Peak, go see it. Don't expect a horror movie. You'll have a great time. Um, we have unfinished business to attend to. Way, 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 way back in April. I had a contest. Well, Doug Shapiro had a contest. It was Doug Shapiro's win a trip to Egypt, but not really. DVD contest winning. The prize being a DVD copy of Agatha Christie's Death on the Nile. And I had... Those of you who wanted to participate... If you were to put a drag queen into a classic Agatha Christie detective role, what would your drag queen detective's name be? And we got lots of great entries, and we have a very special phone call announcing the winner. It's Patrick, my sweet, commodious podcast queen. I regret such an extensive absence from your dear company and your tempting Wigs of shoulder hair. But after several months, I finally solved the mystery of who has won your little competition. And let me tell you a good many super scoops from the case. Clue Liz, that ditzy blonde who always manages to accidentally stumble on the clues and solve her cases by mistake, was distracted by a formidable red herring. Oh, that's the name of her Bikram yoga instructor, red herring. Sleuthy Gumshoe usually sticks it to crime like bubble yum on a stiletto, but she was delayed at the dentist. An errant piece of gum took off her sleuthy toothy. So it was left to me, and I am proud to say, my gallant of gore, that my crime-solving acumen has proven true again. I have finally deduced, without a shred of doubt, that the winner of Doug Shapiro's Win a Trip to Egypt, but not really, contest is 
Michael Swearington from California. At last, justice has been served, all thanks to me, this brainsworthy sniffle-bound of Kringleford, East Anglia. Well, congratulations to you, Michael, for winning the contest. Of course, he already knows he won and has already received the prize because this took so damn long, I just could not deny him any longer. So thank you for calling in, Miss Brainsworthy Sniff-Em-Out of Kringleford, East Anglia. And I also want to say a special congratulations to the runners-up, Clue Liz and Sleuthy Gumshoe. And of course, everyone who entered, Anaphylaxis, PHRDDS... Farah Hare, Pussy Delecti, Christy Agapin, and Jugsy Malone. Better luck next time. Turns out Doug Shapiro doesn't like dirty jokes. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Doesn't like horror. Doesn't like dirty puns. Shame, 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 shame. Anyway, I think that's about all we really need to discuss at this point. So I believe it is time to play a teeny tiny little bit of music, bring on my very special guest, and begin the Friday the 13th Spectacular! There's a moon in the sky. It's called the moon. And everybody is there. On a routine training mission, a team of students is about to discover a life form frozen in time. Wow. They're on their way back. Prepare for docking and power of the lab. You brought them on board? Everything's under control, man. Unstoppable killing machine. Ah! Oh, it's okay, he just wanted his machete back. How do we get off the ship? I don't know. Look, we're gonna be all right. What are you high? Uh oh. <gasps> He's here. <laughs> you have got to get them out of there. Hey, <laughs> I think we're finally okay. Are you kidding me? Oh, wow. He's been modified. Oh, you think? You guys might want to run. Stick your head out and have a peek. 
Now, for those of you who are new to this show, whenever a Friday the 13th pops up on the calendar, it's time for me to talk about the next installment in the series. This is the 10th time I've done this since the beginning of the podcast. All those years ago. Now, since I am very, very, very old and wise, but mostly old, I got to see all of these movies first run in the theater at often an age I was way too young and impressionable to have been seeing them. So normally there's a funny story about the mayhem, mischief, and the shunning of the neighborhood families towards my family for being that family who corrupted all the other kids on the block. And this is the 10th time I'm doing this. So we are up to Jason X. I call this segment the Friday the 13th Spectacular. Now I know you new people are like, what? Why is he playing in you with throat singing music? This is Friday the 13th. Well, fuck you. It's my spectacular and I'll play whatever goddamn music that I want. And before I go any further, I have to say this was the first installment of the series that I could not get a soul to go with me. And outer space is a really lonely place. Since it's no fun to go to outer space all by yourself, I mean, it's already so lonely out there. Well, I'm going to be joined by a very special guest. Yes, the one, the only, everybody's favorite Martian, the amazing Mr. Brad. Hello, everyone. This is Mr. Brad and Mr. Sebastian. Yes, Sebastian's a stowaway on our voyage into outer space. That was pretty cool. It was. That was an amazing effect. Wasn't that Sebastian? He doesn't give a shit. Okay, so we're here to talk about Jason X, the 10th installment in the Friday the 13th series, and the next up on the calendar. Yeah. Belly aching. Patrick was belly aching. I was belly aching. All week long. Because I had to pay money to watch this one. I don't own this one. It was free money. That's true. I got money from taking Google surveys. Sign up for it. You only get like 15 cents at a time, but eventually you'll earn enough to buy a shitty movie without losing any actual money. Are we here to talk about that? No, we're here to talk about Jason X. Otherwise known as Jason in space. So, Brad, you being the guest. Lost Will Robinson. Lost Will Robinson. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. Danger. I don't know why it sounded like Mr. Ed in I space. I did sound but... like Mr. Ed in space. Danger, Will Robinson. My robot nipples are falling off. Clank, clank. That was my favorite part. But we're not there yet. So, Mr. Brett, since you're the guest, could you just do the honor of giving, like, a 15-second summary of the plot of Jason X? Yeah. Jason wakes up. Jason goes to space. Jason kills almost everybody on the ship. But some people escape. 
credits roll. Okay, well, really, we've talked the absolutely everything there is to talk about about this movie. Okay, so since part of the Friday the 13th spectacular is that I saw all of these movies in the theater when they were originally released. Now, at this point, it's what, 2001? Mm-hmm. I'm 31 at this point, kind of feeling like I'm getting too old for this, and I kind of felt, I know better. It's probably not going to be good. The last two have been very, very bad. But yet, I still feel that obligation. You know, it's like me and going to see Otto the Ghost. On yeah. You don't understand. It's a Long Island thing. All of my Long Island list is like, oh my God, yes, Otto the Friendly Ghost. Yes, but never not, it's not the point right now. So I went. And they said, oh, it's playing at the Westbury Theater. And I was excited. You know why, Brad? The Westbury Theater was our local drive-in. This and one. you went and sat in the car by yourself? No, no, because... Played what, with the gear shift? No, and, no, no, because the day before I went, I discovered that the drive-in had been torn down while I was on tour doing some kind of fabulous theater thing, and now it's just a yucky old megaplex. And so I went, and I was the only person in the theater on a Saturday night the day after it opened, so this was not boding well for me. But I went in with high hopes because I, I said, this could be a lot of fun. And I had to say I was on board for a while. It's comic. Yeah, that's my problem. That's my problem with the latter ones. Okay. Let's just talk about the movie first and then we'll get into philosophy. So right away, these are things I did not notice at the time, but watching it now... The movie starts and the theme starts playing, and normally the theme is like the da 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 ki 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 ma 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 ma. But no, instead we're getting this weird Danny Elfman Hellraiser kind of thing. I said, okay, this is very serious. This is some very serious music we got going on. Very very dark and brooding. I'm like, okay, that's good. And of course, this is. Modern Eye looking back, I'm like, oh, it's another one of those CGI tours of the brain. We loved those in the 80s. Through uh, the, the 90s, the 90s, rather. Through the eye, into the beaker. Brain, into the beaker, into, into the brain, the... over the river, through the woods. What They did it in Fight Club. They did it in Brain Scan, which I guess is appropriate. And a whole bunch of other things. It was everybody just loved to take a tour of the brain. So I thought, wow, maybe there'll be science and things and they're taking a really serious tack on this because I said this could either be really campy or this could go more in the direction of aliens. And it kind of didn't go either far well, enough. No, I... Well, this raised you, my expectations. You were, you, were, you were bitching about the music. Well, you were bitching about the music. It opens in this humongous, I guess, containment center, mm -hmm. military containment center, the with Crystal Lem Lake Research Facility, because their business has been booming since the last time we were there when the whole place was a trailer park. Please continue. With one person walking in to talk to him, and I, I kind of had this flash ahead of um, Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, where she's, okay. Where she goes up, and I'm like, <gasps> oh, and they're this is going to be exciting. And then they start talking about it being 2010, and that they've had him there for two years. Uh huh. And he's been through trial. And he's been executed 85 times. But and of course, you would definitely send one idiot in yeah. to talk to him and put a bag on his head. 
And you got the side eye. Oh, yeah, that was my favorite part. That was my favorite part. Because the guy comes in and he's saying something like, I can't believe I fucking got this duty. And meanwhile, there's a close-up on half of Jason's face and the guy's over his shoulder and Jason is throwing some major killer side eye. I got, a still, I got a screenshot of it because I thought it was fabulous. And just like Hannibal Lecter, he breaks out. Uh-huh. And everybody gets killed, including director David Cronenberg and all these other people. Now, of course, there's the one gal who was there, Rowan, who's our heroine. She's like, no, he must go to the cyro, the cryo-freezing chamber, where at least maybe when we figure out what to do with him in the future, we can unfreeze him, and at least now he won't be in any trouble. But the military, whoever David Cronenberg's like, yeah. We're we're going to use him for science and probably to weaponize him. And of course, all the bad people die. And And we walk in with guns to to transport him. Like like, that has never worked. No, like they've had him for how long now? Really? Really? But this military transport with guns. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Still safe to me. And so anyway, Rowan, you know... Gets chased around. She locks him in the cryo freezing thing, and she's like, "Ha ha!" But then he s- uses his flimsy ass machete to stab through a stainless, you know, probably what what what's that really heavy metal? Cast iron. <sighs> Steel. The shit they make. S- aluminum. No, yes, aluminum, aluminum. Forget it. Forget it. The shit they make safes out of. Titanium. 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 That, not, that did not look like titanium. It looked more like a pewter. A pewter. <laughs> we used to make those pewter art things. In class, you know, you took nails and you, you made little patterns. and the, Forget it. Forget it. All my no, old- you know, pewter is that non-polished I know silver. what pewter is. Pewter comes out of your ass about 17 times an hour. Well, at least it comes out. That's true. That's true. It would be bad if it stayed in. Yeah, so, and of course, this time, I noticed that Jason has hair again, except now it's curly black hair, like almost Afro hair. And I said, whoa, I guess the toxic waste in the sewers of Manhattan, you know, where it floods every night at midnight, must have some Rogaine-like qualities. That's fantastic. They keep talking about his regenerative qualities, yet he, he still looks like that. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. It's all good. Anyway, this part I enjoyed. It was deathly serious. And, and, yeah, and, and, she, and she accidentally oh, freezes herself in the cryogenic seal tank. Yes. And then somehow nobody finds them for 500 years. Yeah, but everything is still working uh-huh. because, you know, obviously yeah, the electricity, the run... The um, nitroglycerin freeze tanks. Bradford, logic. Your logic is not needed here. Your logic is not needed here. So now it's 500 years in the future, and a whole bunch of giggly college, I don't know what kind of students they were supposed to be, space students. They were studying space. I, I I think there was an element of archaeology. Oh, yeah. Okay, I guess that's more like it. Yes, they stumble upon the freezer, and they stumble upon him, and they're like, oh, we'll take him back to the ship. And then they find her, and they're like, oh, my God. Oh, she's still alive. She's the, like, the, the robot 3%. says, oh, yes, she's still alive. We can save her because there's a there's a ro- an android person. But you all know this because you've seen this movie. But And, 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 and there's this guy named Asriel. Who and gets he, his arm chopped off? He has his arm chopped off, and he's really stupid looking, and he's got stupid curly hair. 
If you have curly hair, it doesn't make you stupid, but this guy's hair was stupid on him because his face was stupid, and his name was Azrael, and that's Gargamel's cat. And he was a pothead. No, he wasn't. We never got that. You just assumed that. You'd think Stoney would have been the pothead. The guy who had, like, two lines and then died, which is, like, most of the people in this movie. Uh, yeah, so he gets his arm cut off, and the whole reason he gets his arm cut off is to show that on the spaceship, they have nanobot medical Bat- technology. Better yet... The shot in the arm that seals the wound, Mm -hmm. and then his other classmate picks up his arm because Uh he's too stupid to remember it. Uh Uh-huh. Well, he's on drugs now. And his arm is waving at him all the way back to the, um... The shuttle. The shuttle. To the shuttle. To the shuttle. Okay, I thought it sounded like to there was the space more. space station. Which looked like an amazing, like, it looked like a, sh- a shuttlecock, which I like. It was like the space shuttlecock. Blasted off. Uh-huh. Nothing. No reaction. Nothing. Uh-huh. Okay, this is fun. What? Cock is not funny. It's very serious. But this cock had one big ball and two <laughs> arms. <laughs> it was a future cock! Okay, yeah, <laughs> yes, and so, so once we get on board and everybody gets out of their spaceships, which uh, the spacesuits, we discover that apparently space traveling attire is all about exposed midriffs and J-Lo cleavage for the women, and all the guys were like modified Mexican Serapi things, really ugly, really ugly, I mean, our, our, our main dude... I don't even know what his name is. The main hero dude looked like Matthew Perry. Oh yeah, in a golf sweater. To Sarabi. To Sarabi. I don't know what his name was. I don't know. I don't know. Mixel, Mixel, Plick, eighty-five quartzies. I don't give a shit. And he's got a robot. He's got his robot who just. She, really, I wanted to make a Christmas special about the android who just wants to have nipples. You know, that falls off. And no, but like it's. She's, I want, she's I want smart to see and intelligent, but she can't figure out how to attach a magnet. I know they won't. Well, you know they won't stay, and that's why I want to see that Christmas special. I want to see her Christmas dreams come true in space. All right, I get the need for an anatomical robot. Mm-hmm. But anatomical boobs with no tits. Yeah, well, if you can't, I mean, they—they they, they were flesh color. They've, they've mastered, they've mastered nanobot technology that can reassign, that can re, re, re reattach limbs and completely reboot a monster, but can't do anything to get a nipple to stay on a robot wo- woman. What the heck? What is the world coming to? Was that a future I want to live in? No, no, no. So, so obviously, the professor who's running this expedition is. In Big Dead, he has a financier that we call the creepy the old, old exposition exposition guy from the Solaris Space Station, <sighs> who, who looks like he's actually paralyzed from the neck down. That was he kept, weird. Yeah. Uh, but he tells that, yeah, oh my God, you're brought back a life form and Jason. Yeah. Pop. 
Yeah, yeah, it's like Voorhees. You mean Jason Voorhees? Oh, yes, he was a mass murderer, which just they still remember that in 500 years in the future. Okay, fine, great. Well, that guy does. But then he spends the next 10 minutes giving you all this exposition about Jason like you stumbled into Jason X without knowing what you were seeing. I'm just saying, if this, if, if more of the plot had been attached to the teenage horny students, I would have, so we got to know them and maybe know somebody's names. But fortunately, we learn that reanimating this woman will provide no benefit other than perhaps reanimating someone beautiful to screw around with. Yeah, they, they will be able to take her on tour because she's, she's, she's the oldest reanimated person that we've got. And my beef with this part two is just that Rowan, I liked her in the beginning. I liked this character. She's got spunk and she adjusts to all of a sudden waking up 500 years in the future extremely well. Extremely well. No shock, no nothing. She's got her like crop top on. She's ready to rock the future. But really, she's not much of a final girl. No. No. But Prof here, but Prof here is like, oh, I have a moneymaker and a non-moneymaker signs his students to go off and do their jobs because he's got to get to the bedroom. Oh, yeah. To fuck one of his students. Now, this is the other thing. There were two girls in this that looked so much alike, a lot of times I couldn't tell them apart. Eventually, I was able to say, that's the mousy one, and that's the cool one I want to hang out with. And that one was like Jessala or Jessalakala or Jessalapala. I don't remember. but it was some, And I don't know what the other one's name is. Which is another problem. But they had... But they had um, belly buttons. They did have belly buttons. Well, and, 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 I don't know. This isn't, I don't want to call it cleavage because that's not right. That's like up here. It's like, you know, you have side boob, you got under boob, and I guess this is like interior boob, but that just sounds weird. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Straight people, I don't know what, maybe have a term for it. Okay, it's it's really hard. And and yeah, so they bring Jason on board to study him and they leave him with the hot blonde science person that's overworked in two labs because well, two, she's well, also reanimating the other one yeah no that was they were other that was the robot doing it in the other room with the professor on the on the slab with the with the nanobots and or think i don't know what happened actually i don't have any idea what happened she was in chain mail then or so i don't know what the fuck happened okay so yeah 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 but anyway she's she's supposed to be you know examining the body of Jason, and she's got the two lab assistants with her who are so horny that they just can't possibly work on this. They're going to be distracted. She's like, no, no, leave me alone. Go have sex. Because, you know, when I'm in the room with a 500-year-old, like, 300-pound dead person, I am ready to boink. Yeah, especially if I'm an anthropologist, a medical student, or... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. History's being made right now, but I gotta go stick it to my girlfriend. You know, whatever. Actually, oh, the, I'm happy they did because it was their last time. Well, you know <laughs> Gather what? ye rosebuds while ye may. If it's my last time, I don't want to be under the covers humping my ass off and still have my underwear on full-fledged. That's because they're future undies. You know, they just go, you know, and they just, you know, you know, it become like... And hers did too. Uh-huh. Except for the gratuitous boob. Mm-hmm. And the sex was going pretty well. Well, theirs, and theirs, I mean, theirs was okay. The professor was fucking the other girl. 
but that was all like his. He's got her panties on, like nipple clips, and I was like, okay, that's. And then future sex. And then the teen orgasm came. You know, like two seconds later. Uh-huh. And what happened when there was an orgasm? Reanimated life. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. 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 That is very true. That's very true. That and, is really subtle. And then we're not going to give it away, but the best kill happened of yeah. the movie yeah. happened right there. Happened 15 minutes in. You shot your wad 15 minutes in and then really didn't have much else to back it up. Because I said, oh, that was amazing. He's using future things to kill people in the future in space. And then the rest of it's all your basic stab. Stab slash crush. Well yawn. He got he got the very special futuristic Swiss knife. Oh cheese cutter. Oh yeah, that's right. He doesn't have machete. his machete anymore. He doesn't have his machete anymore. So he takes something off the surgical thing and it does look like a future cheese knife from space. You know, I guess if well if you're going to the moon. And you want to take a sample back, you need a giant cheese knife, because as we all know, the moon is made of green cheese. And then he went and killed the two having sex. One of them. Oh, yeah. Because- yeah. Yeah, but this, this, was, this was the movie for me. There's no suspense in anything. He's always just like a jack-in-the-box, like, blah, stab, and you know he's coming. Usually, you know, it's, it's no, never a surprise. And this time, the, the, the guy goes to open the door. He's standing there, stab, blah, and he's gone. And the girl gets like blood bukkake. She gets blood bukkake in the face, which I learned on IMDb. She didn't know was coming, and it went in her eyes. They told her it was just gonna splatter on her chest. Then they put it in her eyes, and as we all know, when you get bukkake in your eye, it burns. It burns. And of course, this starts rolling for it a little bit. But one of my one of my moments here of light. All right. The ship has got to go down and lock down. Everybody has to go to lab one, except the people in the holodeck can't hear the all-important alert. Yeah, like they wouldn't have shut down power. They wouldn't have locked down the holodeck. Okay, but again, Earth logic. Can't use Earth logic in space, Bradford. It does not apply. It does not apply. And this part was actually fun. Them running around, killing all the CGI monsters in the holodeck. But then Jason shows up, and the thing is, Asriel is one of the people playing. And he does not recognize the man in the very distinctive mask that cut his arm off, like, two hours before. This very same day. Stop play. Stop play is what they keep saying. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Hey, shit, this might not be real. Oh, oh, my. Uh-huh. And then just boom, boom, they're dead. And that bald guy who was hot is the guy who wrote it. And initially I was sad when he died. I was like, oh, hot bald guy with a bear died. Oh, he wrote it? Good. Good. I have no mercy. And then we get mm. into the military. And Brad, oh, wait, when we first meet the military, um, they're, they're led by Dallas, who is big, macho black man. And the professor says to him, uh, 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 could you maybe just try to contain 
this guy because he's worth a lot of money. And they're like, nope, nope, nope. And he said, I'll offer you $100,000. He started with 50 and then upped it to $100,000. And he's like, yes, I'll do it. And I said, hmm, Bradford. Yeah, mathematician here, 500 years in the future, even inflation for $100,000, that's $270 million. And I'm like, you're offering someone a point zero 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 one penny, and he's gonna be, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I'll do that. Uh huh. We said maybe there's a different currency, but you know, no, forget it. No, no. I, we were so bored. We're talking. I was so bored. I was asking math questions, and I was playing with my financial calculator. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. And we also discovered there is there is there is also a black student, na- nameless. Nameless. Except the one thing that was very distinctive about him is that he was wearing a leather armband on his right arm. And then we said, oh, that black space student is a bottom. In yeah. space. Bottoms in space would be a great movie. Yeah, well, you got to explain for... No, well, it's a gay podcast. They know if they don't know what that is, look no. it up, learn your fucking history. <laughs> He's flagging right, which you have. Up. You have straight women out there listening, and there is a secret arm code where you wear a leather band, or earring, you- or whatever. That was that's an old time uh, thing. People- yeah, kind of let people know what you're in the mood for mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, Bradford. One of my favorite parts, and this has nothing to do with the movie. It's when the professor. Is confronted by Jason and with, with his Swiss cheese knife, and he sees Jason reaching for his own machete, which is you know on the science lab and table, and and he goes, "Oh, hey guys, it's all right. He just wants his machete." And Bradford, what you said was, "Stick it up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it right up that professor's ass." But we don't know what happened. Maybe that is exactly what he did because it was another kill off screen. Yeah, CGI gore is not one of my favorite things. And there was a lot of it, and it was kind of weird because they weren't showing a lot of gore anyway, and I don't know, whatever. Yeah, so this, this was the moment at which the, uh, the little craft that took off from Earth that went to the research vessel mm-hmm. that was Going to massively Earth. equipped with lots of army people for this yeah. safe... For these five students and this safe trip. For no apparent reason. This wasn't a military trip. They, they, they didn't, Why did they need that much security? Decided that their best hope was to make hightail it all the way back to the space station Solaris. Yes, because they, they have an even bigger military force that can help contain or destroy said thing. And... We Bradford just was baffled. He's like, why are there so many army people on this ship? Because yeah. they're not they're not piloting it because our pilot and his technician, as Bradford pointed out, was a space cowboy and a space pirate. So all we needed was like a sp- and we had the black guy who was the space leather man. So all we needed was a space American Indian and a space construction worker, and we would have had the space YMCA. village people. Space people village people would have been fantastic. That's a movie I want to see. So yeah, so we, so this oddball spaceship shuttle going back to the space station, hightailing it for all they're worth, mm-hmm. 
is losing people left and right. Yes. Yes. And our our brilliant brilliantly piloted ship loses both of their the space pirate and uh, the cowboy. Well, you know. So now there's no. Excuse me. Is there anyone on board that knows how to fly a spaceship? Well, that was, yes, that, if, if, if all of a sudden the, the stewardess from Airplane had come out, that would have been really great, but that's not what happened. Well, well there certainly wasn't. There is a, nobody flying the ship! Uh, or a captain! There was no captain of the ship! <laughs> and there, there was, was no tenue of the ship, There either. was no clear command structure of mm-hmm. any type. Mm-hmm. There was the military structure doing their thing, the professor structure the, the doing medical, their thing. The medical people doing their thing, and the people that were fucking doing their thing. But the space station observed them coming in really fast and really... No, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Because, okay, there are more military people than there are actual non-military people on the ship. So now they all go marching off to find Jason in some weird kind of boiler room engine type thing, which for some reason has giant screws that stick up out of the floor serving no engineering purpose, and also huge spikes that come out of the wall with no sign that says, like, danger, spikes coming out of the wall. And also, it's completely black in there. So this, uh, apparently, safety in the future and lawsuits just don't happen anymore. Right. Right. That was an Earth 1 thing. It's not an Earth 2 thing. And and you were like, why are you... And I'm like... And I said, well, of course, this big drilling hole thing was to drill a hole into whatever place they were going. And I, except that's not the thing that goes down to where they... There was that little, 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 little. So they have this... There was a whole other thing. They have this screw. the screw is pointing up. What is it screwing? Except that guy. Again, when the person finds that person on the screw, they go, yeah, they're totally screwed. Stop making jokes. They're not funny enough. They're obvious. If you're going to make a joke, make it a good one. Like... What's a bicycle? That was funny. I enjoyed that one. When the girl was like, I remember how to do this. It's just like riding a bicycle. And the girl's like, what? what's a bicycle? Because clearly they don't have spin class in the future either. So I don't know. Or in space. Or Earth 2. Yeah. So, I mean, all these nameless military people get knocked off. And I kind of like to know. Because I remember when this came out, they were touting the body count, and I it's always a tip-off for me. I'm not so much a quantity person than I am a quality person. Yeah, one good kill beats ten... Boring ones, or just nothing special, which the rest of the movie was. I can't think of any other interesting kills after that. Well, there are a couple... The screw, but yeah, that was good. Didn't make any sense, but... Well, there were a couple of times in which we thought we were going to save a few people, not with the special thing that immediately that the guy with the cut off arm used to seal the arm. Yeah. No. Anybody that got killed, injured of any sort would lay around going, oh, I got bleeding. I'm a, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, that's I'm right. Dallas got, <laughs> Dallas got totally stabbed. And at no point did they, they said, let's find the android with that shot thing. Now, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing to, nothing to cauterize it. Nothing to get them back to lab. One to regenerate them oh, with the a, nanobots. It's only for white people. Sorry. And I'm not saying that to be racist right now because I may, I'm going to bring up a point later on. And I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But, but this part of the movie could have really gotten cool if the people Jason was 
were killing were coming back to life in full force as quickly as he was. Oh, yeah. Then we have a whole army of teenage horny bots. <laughs> this movie this movie could have really taken a quick turn of like, he can't die. They can't die. Who's going to make it to the... I don't know. To the final reel. But that technology disappeared. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, up until, you know, Jason conveniently used it to become Super Jason. But we're not or, there yet. Uber Jason. Because this hurling, oh unpiloted oh ship is running towards the space station. And they said, oh, we'll be able to blow him out of the water. Yeah, the space station is going, hi, you're coming in too fast. You're coming in way too fast. You're really coming in too fast. Any other military organization would have blown Shot it out, out of the, the water. Well, the space water. Space nothing universe, out nothing. of the vacuum, yes. Mm -hmm. But no. <laughs> this little research vessel that was almost bigger than the space station mm -hmm. goes plowing through plowing the space right station. With, with, with relatively no damage. And I said that, we were just like, what is this space? Spacecraft made out of it's it's just plowing through everything. Oh, I'm sorry, make it Solaris is made out of paper mache and chicken wire. And how is that gonna help this little ship when they got there? I don't know. If it was so fragile. I tell you what, it was very delicate. It was very, very delicate. But it had creepy old man. G yeah, crippled, creepy old take up too much time with exposition. We already know, man. So now there was only one option left. Somehow take our little vessel. The escape craft. And the escape craft and make it to Earth, Earth two. 2. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, but no. That, In that, a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we then, think. But then Mousy Cry Cry Girl fucked that up. And this is my other thing. Two of our major characters did not get killed by Jason. She killed herself. She fucked up. She didn't unlink the oxygen, whatever it was, and wound up crashing back into the ship. Pretty much killing everybody else on board. You know, not at that time, but put, putting everything into effect. It was going to blow up the ship. And then later on, the other girl got sucked through the grate. This sucks so bad. That had nothing to do with Jason. That had to do with a hole in the damn ship. Jason getting it easy in space. Well, they all had to rush to some part of the ship to get to something else, to get to something else. Yeah. And, of course, they had to run back and get the sergeant guy that was... Oh, they found him. They stumbled. Yeah, yeah, we have to find him. Yes. And, and, and drag him in his crippled state along. Yes. Yes, stabbed twice. And, it, and, and at some point here, the android was like... Oh, we're going to lose, we're going to lose, we're going to lose, we're going to lose, we're going to lose. You've got only a 5% chance, a 30% chance. And what's his name? Stuck his tongue in her mouth. Uh -huh. And she goes, oh, we're making 51% 70% chance. And then she got an upgrade. So she's all pang, pang, pang. So she's able to fight upgrade Jason. Pang, pang, pang. And this was kind of exciting. With more guns and bombs. Oh, wait, no, she, I'm sorry. She was, she was fighting regular Jason. She was the one that actually shot him up so much that he fell down onto the thing with the nanobots. Yeah. Yes. The nanobots that looked at the DNA. And I just wondered, does she have, does she have her nipples now? Does she have nipples? This is what I needed to know. We don't know. No, well, we don't know I'm because if she, she does was, it, like maybe they super like if they she was if they had like screws body on, armor yeah, then. Yeah, she what, had body armor because mm -hmm, she was because mm -hmm. she's she's bad. She's bad now. 
just just bad thing. Well, oh, and then, we forgot the part. We forgot the part because this is the first time this happened in this movie. Remember the black bottom guy? He was really good enough to sacrifice his life to save a bunch of white bitches. And I'm counting the lead guy that looked like Matthew Perry. He's like, ah, you guys got, ah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop Jason. I'll distract him. And he dies. Okay. So, and I said, now, I don't know if anybody has heard. I sat in on, a, on, a, on, a, on an episode of the Black Anis podcast. Anis. Not that other word. Anis. With Johnny Krug and Misty. And, 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 and I'm sorry. Forgot fourth guy's name. Sorry. And, and we talked about Night of the Demons. And we talked about how I, I said. You know, everyone said, oh, the black guy always dies first. And I said, actually, I noticed a disturbing trend in a lot of horror movies that nobody points out. Is that a lot of times if they don't die first... They die in the last reel, sacrificing themselves for the white girl. So that happened here, once, the first time, and it happens again later. Oh yeah, because the only one that could go outside was the later. dying was the dying black man because they needed he needed to do a spacewalk to to connect them to the the the, the ship that found them finally and whatever. <laughs> and there's the scene with the holodeck. Well, the second holodeck. The now, second holodeck. Because that because the the bodiless android uh-huh. and Mister um, Special, I have to fuck the android. Chandler, Chandler, Chandler uh, Bang. Yeah. Now feels it important to just save her head because after all, that's the most important part of her body. Hey, and hey, if you got if you got to save a sex bot, you can at least save the head, right? Still got a mouth, right? And a neck hole. And wires hanging out. Hot. But, but, but they decide, oh, we're confused, new Jason, with this concept of Crystal Lake Yes, they're programming in Crystal Lake circa 1980. And this part is funny. This is witty. I enjoyed this part. We're gonna smoke. We're gonna have. We're gonna smoke pot and have premarital sex. We love premarital sex. That was funny. Except, except this android head. And it's that, the only actual tits you see in the movie. The android head, who had no connection to any of the ship computers whatsoever, because except, she was made on the fly as except, we went. Except when she wanted to, she could analyze the everything about everything just by looking at it, and then all of a sudden she couldn't do that anymore. So whatever. Her head could now make a new holodeck instantaneously mm-hmm. for Jason to play around in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, she accessed the, the history banks. But the nanobots that were supposed to reconstruct things based on their DNA mm-hmm. uh, suddenly reconstructed things that have no DNA, like... A mask. A mask. A robotic arm. Clothes. Uh, and, to... A standard so superior to the old standard because, of course, they had a complete reference of what a hockey mask was. Not. They said that at the beginning of the yeah, movie. Yeah, so well, somebody knew what it was. One of the guys knew what it was. One of the kids knew. The professor knew what it was. And they asked first. Somebody said it was. Yeah, something. like. And one of the other kids, it's a hockey mask. Very good. Ping pong. How did the... Squibulous. Very good squibulous. How did the stupid nanobots... Who knows? You know what? I think think the nanobots were gay. And they were just like, ooh, 
Ooh, we can. Ooh, we can make this so much fun. Ah, fabulous! This is this is where total <laughs> rev- total <laughs> total makeover. Yay! This is where I think some geeks with computer graphics skills no. started thinking about the Transformers because I was like, <gasps> more than hey Jason X, more than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, actually, I thought the concept was cool. Of course, we're coming at it from a logical perspective, but that's because we were I was bored. And you set up a logical beginning and then kept losing it as we went along, and I, I just found it really, really upsetting. And then finally, they get... There's only two of them left. It's her and Matthew Perry, Chandler Bing, Roman girl, who really has been not of much use through oh. any of this. But she knows how to use the super-duper brand-new, really great military-grade over-advanced gun. Yeah, which which we already know doesn't work. Uh, again, you have bombs and guns capable of blowing holes in the side of a fucking ship. Uh-huh, and we're using them with a plum. This well, does not sound like a good idea to yeah, me. Yeah, they finally got out. The thing is that when the black, uh, when uh, when Dallas was going out to to do whatever nonsense he had to do to connect to get to save the two white people the first time, it was a one way mission. He was going to die. There, he's like, I'm dead anyway. And but no, he wasn't dead because they got over there and all of a sudden, oh no, we see Jason still coming at us. He's floating through space. Oh no, no. And then dun, 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 it's Super Dallas who then grabs him and sacrifices himself again for the white people. Throwing himself on the back of Jason uh-huh. to fly and become to a shooting star. A shooting star. We are in all front of two stars. people sitting in a lake. What? Looking up. Mm-hmm. Having sex. <laughs> no, they had all their clothes on. I don't care. That's what Unless they were there to do. That's what there were two people alone in the woods. What do you think they were doing? Well, I don't want to be I don't on, think they were tapping uh, for uh, maple uh, syrup on Earth, too. Well, you know, the the bikini girls in the 1980 <laughs> version <laughs> were just a lot more sexy then the these two. Well, I could. I don't even remember. I don't. I just thought they were silhouettes. I can't remember now. I just blanked it all out. And that's the end of the movie. And, and of course, and I where guess, does the mask go? Hmm. Where does the oh where to the bottom, the bottom of the lake? And I thought when I saw it in the theater, I'm like, how? Why isn't he burning up on entry into the atmosphere? And I said, oh, okay, maybe he's made of that some other kind of super-duper alloy that was not going to do that, but the mask fell. <sighs> I just don't care. Okay, so here's, here's my thing. That's the end. This is my thing about this movie, in a nutshell. I couldn't call it a horror film, Mm-mm. because even though it was a slasher, it really had meaningless kills. There was no surprises or suspense to, to any of it. Uh, there was more su- surprise and suspense about whether or not someone would kill themselves. Yeah, that would be a surprise. It was comic beyond everything else. Mm-hmm. And it was trying for a sci-fi vibe that it missed on so many levels. Yeah. I mean, for the budget and for everything else, it could have had good sci-fi. Mm. Or it could have had 
good horror. And it seemed like the only thing it had was good comedy. Yeah, and even, even that was so sporadic. But as I said to you earlier, Bradford, Jason, for me, has one job. And that job is not to kill teenagers, is not to slash his way through, is not to come back from the dead over and over again. His one job is to scare me. And by this point, he is a joke. I'm bored by him. When something is indestructible, like even he, I would have even appreciated some moments of him trying to figure out how to adapt in this new environment. But there's no struggle. There's no conflict. Without conflict, there is no drama for that character. So it's very kind of boring for me. My voice got really high with emotion. Yeah, well, again, it, it, I, la- it lacked the scare. It lacked the harp to yeah, me. Because whenever I go to It did these- not, you know, the Friday the 13th for me were always about kind of like the teens getting off, going someplace, being uh-huh. naughty, having sex, uh-huh. throwing around their boobs, uh-huh. doing the... Throwing doing- around their boobs like volleyballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being gay and actually chasing the girls and trying to convince people that they actually were straight. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, know, you part seven. <laughs> it was all about that. And yet, even the two sex scenes were weak, uh, yeah. cold, not even an exciting lead up to the sex. There was no like pretense of you're gonna get it, you're not gonna get it, or where they're gonna get it while they're getting it. If you know what I mean, yeah. Because that's usually sex is supposed to equal death, and that didn't happen here at all either. Well, it did afterwards, really quickly. I mean, but I mean the greatest thing was the tick clamp for the professor. <laughs> it's nice to know that some things are still in use in the future. Yeah, but it was the tick clamp. That you use on a barbecue grill from 600 miles away. So she's like way back riding him going, here, let me bust your tit off. (laughs) If that's what she said, I would have been much happier. But I guess that's why the android robot wanted tits. Uh, Yes, tits. When am I going to grow tits? No, she had tits. She just wanted nipples. nipples. No, because she couldn't have the clamp. Mm Mm-hmm. No, that's right. That's right. She couldn't well, have you, the clown. You... <laughs> wow, that is really deep. That's really sad when the android has more of an understory than anybody else on this entire trip. Oh, well. Earth 2 is doomed. And you know what I say? Good. If all you spawn... If this, this is your, 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 your future... Leaders of America, oh, I'm sorry, to, of whatever, new America, America too, going off into space and being so damn stupid. You deserve everything you get, Earth 2. You fucked it up once, you're going to fuck it up twice. So with two black guys sacrificing themselves for white bitches. Well, and you said the, the robot went off right after this to make... Andromeda, next, and I uh, think I think Rowan, the girl played Rowan, went to that as well. Like the last day of shooting, they went right to Andromeda. And they were like, oh, this is how sci-fi works. Oh. Cool. I'm just a virtual ship that wants to fuck you. The only man left on the bu- on the ship. But you know what? At least you're a captain. Yeah, and my last ship didn't have a captain, captain at all. We had some sweaty guy in a headscarf and a guy in a dirty cowboy hat. 
Oh, well, Jason X, I don't like it. Sorry. It's not the worst of the lot. It's just not great. And this is another one that came out of Canada. So Canada, stop fucking with our franchises. That is my final verdict. My verdict is final. Mr. Brad, any last words? They can't see that gesture. Hey, Canada. F fuck Canada. Fuck Canada right in its... South Park had the right idea. Yeah, I'm gonna say fuck it right in the Saskatoon. Fuck Canada in the Saskatoon. Goodbye, Bradford. Goodbye, Patrick. Okay, kitties, I think that since we don't have any voicemail because, hey, I've been in a hiatus for the past 500 years and there's no emails to talk about, that it is about time to wrap this puppy up for another show. I do want to apologize, though, because in my heart of hearts, I tried, I tried, I tried to get this episode out to you in time for Friday the 13th. As you can tell by the front half of this episode where I was talking about, you know, the horror festival going on this weekend, which by the time you're listening to it is clearly over. And I am sorry, but unfortunately, remember how you heard Smoochie going bananas in the background? Well, she does that a lot, but it turns out she was sick and I had to take her to the hospital on Thursday. And she's fine now. She was running a very high fever, but she's got a, a respiratory infection. And it turns out that she's got some kind of skin infection. You know, her basically her entire lower half of her body is a hot spot. So that might be why she's been so cranky ever since I got her and why she keeps beating up her tail all the time. So maybe we're entering a new era of a calmer, cooler, smoochy, the kitty. But still, that does not excuse me. Leaving you alone for both Halloween and Friday the 13th. I'm sorry. I'm a bad daddy. I'm a bad, bad daddy. Bad daddy needs to be spanked. I said bad daddy needs to be spanked. God damn it. Why does nobody ever listen to me? Jesus God. Okay, so for next time, if you have an opinion on Jason X, whether you agree with me or you're going to beat me up for everything I said about it, or if you've seen a movie that you think nobody else has seen or that you've loved so much that you want me to talk about it. Or if you saw a movie that was so bad that you want to listen to me rip it to teeny tiny little shreds with my demon razor claws, by all means, do, 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 don't do, do, but do, do, give me a call at 917-720-2047 
Or if you want to be old school, write me an email at crew at screamqueens.com. And as always, that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens Horror Podcast. And then you'd get all the latest updates about what's coming down the pike. Now that there is stuff coming down the pike. Or if you want to hang out with other fans of the show, you can join the very super secret closed group, Screamers, the official fan page. So do a search on that. One is information. The other one's all fun, 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 fun. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Scream Queens. And you can recommend me to a friend. They can find me on iTunes and on Stitcher and pretty much anything that you're listening to your podcasts on Podcatcher, Pod Sniffer, Pod Pooper, all of them. I'm on all that shit. Okay, so I'm not sure exactly what's going to be happening in the immediate future because as I said earlier... Bradford is set to move out in the next couple of weeks, so up until then, it's going to be a carnival of crazy here, trying to get all his stuff packed up with not much notice, and, and getting him settled, and then me settling, because all of a sudden I'm going to have like two pieces of furniture and, and, and a litter box, and that's all I'm going to have, and uh, <laughs> sorry, I just had the image of me, <laughs> of Smoochie looking at me while I'm squatted over her litter box, like, hey, what you doing? Anyway, it's going to be a little crazy. However, Joe Borelli is still on board to finally, finally, finally talk about the Babadook, which I know you guys have been waiting for since July. But first of all, I got sick and I had to go on break. And then our friend Nick's died and it was weird to talk about it then. But it's time to talk about it now already. So just drop that goddamn Babadook bomb on us, Patrick. Babadookus. Babadook. That was stupid. That was stupid. And also... Again, sometime in the near future, I have super mega cabaret star actress Supreme Kristen Petty coming back to the show. You'll remember her from the awesome Murder Party episode, which if you haven't listened to, by all means, go back and listen to it. It's an audience favorite. And her fiancé, they're going to come on to the show. And I'm sorry, they just got engaged, but I'm sorry, I'm not playing the Muriel's Wedding, Dancing Queen, ABBA thing because you know what the show's fucking over i'm sorry Kristen. deal with it deal with it so you have those things to look forward to and i'll be revealing what we're talking about at a later time so that's why you need to keep an eye on the twitter feed or the facebook feed or anything along those lines and i think that's about it so my beautiful beautiful screamers until next time continue to make the world a creepier place and remember this wise advice from your podcast daddy. Scream Queen rule number 52. Fight or flight, survive the night, just make it to the final reel, baby. Bye. I go hunting for witches. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches. <laughs>